Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line it's possible complex specialty care that cares about your roi it's possible because we're already doing it all while saving businesses billions that's wonder made possible learn more at evernorth.com wonder welcome to the new books network hello hello to marisa corvisiero did i get your name right yes you got it right corvisiero Yes. <laughs> it's not an easy one. I've had I've had harder ones. I'm sure. <laughs> it it ranks somewhere in the middle. And welcome, welcome to this uh, children's literature channel for the New Books Network, which I am so fortunate to host. And uh, it's always wonderful to have a senior literary agent on the show. And I'm delighted to have you. So welcome. You. I'm delighted to be here. I'm so glad that we can make this happen in spite of everything that's been happening. I, God bless for still doing what you're doing. You must really have a love for children's literature and for your work. So I um, do. I have I, that you're still bringing me on. Thank you. I have a love for uh, hu- hu- human beings. Um, yes, and uh, I am uh, I am broadcasting from Israel. All right, so uh, we're, let's uh, not go there. Let's talk about the good stuff. Okay. So, um, so. Before we start, a few words about what you're doing these days, because when I read about you, you are, you are like Superman or Superperson or Superwoman. <laughs> um, you you have like a doctorate in in, in law. Mm-hmm. You're you're a coach and a consultant and a speaker and an author and an attorney with several degrees. You're you're like Superwoman and oh, Spider Man okay. all together. I appreciate I appreciate you saying that like that instead of making it sound like I'm all over the place and scattered. <laughs> no, I, listen. Um, I, I just gave a talk about this uh, yesterday on the importance of being multidisciplinary in this day and age. Mm-hmm. So yeah. actually, I am. I really believe in this that you have to have multiple disciplines. The question is how you manage to juggle everything. So what is uh, what's on your plate these days? What's on my plate these days? Um, it same as it has been for the last over almost a dozen years. Um, still practicing law. I have you know the doctorate from a New York City school with an international law certificate and all of those fun things. Um, so still practicing law. I still love it, but I also love writing and books and literature. So I 
ended up agenting at some point. Um, and now I also try to sort of coach authors. Um, and, you know, I, I try to do that separately at, you know, at one point. Um, but now, you know, as they come, we just, you know, if if we can help, we can, because I can't represent everyone, you know. So, so. so I think it's, it's wonderful uh, when the agents also have a, I would say, sideline where they train and, and coach authors. Do the authors know that this is not going to get them some kind yes. of higher ranking? Yeah, see, your... that's, that's a very important thing. And, you know, it's funny because when you mentioned multidisciplinary, um, that's a tricky thing, right? Because as a New York lawyer, we have strict ethics rules and we can't practice law. Like we can't commingle funds. You need to have everything separate. If you're doing any other kind of business, you can't be like all these, all these things. So it's been really tricky, tricky, keeping those things separate. Now that I have systems, it's, it's easy, you know, separate bank accounts, separate, separate everything, um, and disclosures to everyone. So when we offer services, we also tell them, Hey, this is not most likely you wouldn't even be considered to be represented by the agency. And people are like, no, 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 I really want your expertise. I don't care about you representing me. And, you know, nowadays, a lot of authors are self-publishing. So that really helps because we do have the expertise to do that. Okay, you know, great. So yeah. so uh, that's, uh, oh, wonderful. Another yeah, one, just wonderful... open up a whole other branch of questioning. <laughs> yes, uh, another, yeah, I mean, bra a lot of another really branch smart... of questioning is like an understatement here, dear. Okay, yeah, well, we can definitely go there and we could even finish it another time. I know that time's short, but, um, you know, a lot of people are really doing well self-publishing. Amazon is wonderful. It facilitates all these things. And there are a lot of people who are super qualified, even ex-editors that are actually offering freelance services that are being hired by self-published authors. So the quality of the work that's being self-published in a lot of genres and, you know, there's a lot of good examples of people doing a really good job. So it's not like in the older days, you know, like when I first started agenting maybe 10 years ago, uh, there was a little bit more of a stigma, you know, and I remember we were the first agency to have um, an EPUB only author, um, agent. Um, this was that L Perkins agency right before I started my agency. And uh, people were like, what EPUB only? Why was that? And we're like, well, because most of the books in specific genres, especially, um, <clears throat> this agent was actually re representing, um, romance, LGBTQ, uh, women's fiction and all of those things were starting to do well. Um, you know, on ebook, not in print. And it's still the case, you know, like over 90% of the books are in those genres are published in ebook. <clears throat> I got okay, it. Well, it oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, this is a very informal conversation. So Marisa, <laughs> if you look, if you look behind me, you can see that my big love is for picture books. Yes. Um, and um, I, I haven't, um, I shouldn't say I haven't, I've barely seen out of hundreds and thousands of picture books, a mm -hmm. self-published picture book, which doesn't fall in some in some way from a traditionally published book. Um, and you can have the best editor in the world, but the artwork really doesn't fit uh, or the packaging or the cover or there's just so many things in a picture book that you have to get right. And I know because I self-published a lot of picture books until I had yeah. one come out. It's this... a little it's a little harder, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. Much for harder sure. in my my estimation. But We'll get back yeah, to that. Yeah. We'll get well, back I don't want to that. discourage anyone. I mean, if you want to do it right, you can. It just takes a lot more effort. And, you know, especially with the artwork you mentioned, sometimes it doesn't match. That's super important. You know, you have this traditional houses like Macmillan and HarperCollins and Simon & Schuster. They have 
you know, a whole slew of people to choose from and they're really familiar with their art and they're, you know, so when they're reading manuscripts, picture book manuscripts, they're already envisioning like which one it's going to match to. And this is what I tell a lot of uh, picture book authors, like don't submit your work with illustrations because you're doubling your chances of getting declined because if the illustrations don't match their vision, then they're going to decline it, so. Okay, so, but the, the, the chances are, are less than one in a thousand <clears throat> anyway. Uh, how, ma how many submissions do you get a month, Marisa, about? A month? Um, a day, know. a week, we'll do the math. I would say about 25 or so a day on a normal a day. day. Okay. Like this year days after conferences, it kind of gets crazy. Um, let, 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 average, okay, let's say, let's say 25 a day, which is uh, 750 a month, which is uh, 8,000 a year. Oh, so no, you're getting- better at math than I am. <laughs> no, I, I'm, just, I, I'm just guessing. Uh, okay. We're at war here, so nobody's going to fault me for getting it wrong. So um, 8,000 8, submissions a year. How many new people do you take on a year? I don't really have a number. It depends on the works that I find and how busy I am. Yeah. But not more than 8 or 10? No. No. So I rest my case. The, the odds are like 1 in 1,000 of getting an agent. It and is. Once, and, and, and once, and once uh, you've signed... A, a very fortunate author as an agent. Um, does that mean he's going to be traditionally published? Well, nothing's guaranteed, right? You know, um, the publishing industry is super subjective. And because they, all of the editors that are acquiring books have a certain number of books that they need to acquire a year to fill their lists. So they're really looking for specific things in a certain limited number of books. So it doesn't mean that it's going to make a connection with someone, um, that it's going to get picked up, that, you know, a lot of times it, it has happened that the person that we queried or pitched the book to loved the book and then they brought it to acquisitions and they were like, oh, I couldn't get it past acquisitions. And it's like, ah, you know, so it's a little frustrating. You know, if you think you, you're frustrated as an author, you wait, <laughs> you, you got to ask agents how many of the clients we get. It's, yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, so it's important for me to ask uh, yeah. what you're looking for these days in children's literature, or, or maybe yeah. you're not looking. Are you looking? I am looking. Yeah, I'm looking for very sort of pull out the heartstrings, like special books that will really stand out timelessly. Um, I'm not looking for something that's super, you know, in the now book, like, um, so it doesn't necessarily just have to be like pull out the heartstrings. It fits funny in a certain way. Um, if it has like sort of a good message, but not didactic, you know, um, I, I'm still a fan of rhyming books, even though they're not really wanting the rhyming books, you know? Um, so, you know, I represent Tish Rabi, who is the author of the Cat in the Hat books for the, um, Dr. Seuss estate. And she writes everything in rhyme and it's beautiful. And she, you know, don't. I hope nobody gets mad at me, but she does almost a better job than Dr. Seuss does because she actually doesn't make up words. You know, she she sticks with it. But the rationale behind editors not wanting the rhyming books is that sometimes it, it restricts the, what they can write. So people try to fit in the right word and the message not quite right, right? Um, having said that, I think there's a lot of value in rhyming books because our curriculum still like in, in younger years in school, we're still including like rhyming exercises and it's, they're really good for the kids. So I think at some point we'll probably go back and they, all they have to do is just decline the books that are restricted, you know? <laughs> I don't know, just go back to the rhymes. <laughs> I, I think that, I think that um, 
rhyming books are terrific. Um, fun to they, read. Well, as a parent, I loved reading. But they're, they're so they're so they're so impossible to write. Yeah. Um, there's very few of us, mm -hmm. myself included, who can write in meter and rhyme. Uh, mm -hmm. And you know, people think that you know a heim, beim, schmeim, time. It's not just like that. You have to have the meter right. You have to be able to sing the story. Exactly. I, I tell my students that if you can't sing the rhyming story, then you something is wrong. Mm. Uh, and it's it's so hard to do properly. And like you say, you know, if a uh, bottle and then I need throttle, and then all of a sudden I'm in an airplane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Good so point. so um, so uh, we, we need to, uh, I think we need to talk about the elephant in the room. A, a couple of years ago, you had some um, thing. Mm -hmm. What? What was that all about? Okay. I'm, I'm, what was I'm gonna, the thing about? <laughs> well, yeah, what was the thing about? And I'm like giving you the stage. Tell everybody. Oh, goodness. Uh, I haven't talked about this in a while. Um, so, okay. So it was 2020. I think it was around June. And, you know, we had been all locked up with COVID and not very happy, kids are screaming, dogs are whining, husbands are doing their thing. No offense to all the men. Um, no offense so, taken. <laughs> I mean, you know, tensions were high. And then, you know, the George Floyd thing happened. Um, and it was horrible. And I remember watching that on TV with my husband, and I literally just got nauseous and just bad times. And I'm sure that's how everybody was feeling, hence the reactions, right? So, you know, a couple of days went by, my husband actually told me, do not post on Twitter. I'm like, oh, what, why would I, what would I possibly say that could get me in trouble on Twitter? You know me, you know? Well, I did. I posted something on Twitter and it was something that I actually felt like I wanted to post and I maybe didn't think about it too much. In hindsight, it was stupid to even say anything. Um, but I said it because I had, I think it was like the day before I was reading this I think it was like an essay or a post or something by Barack Obama. I don't remember where it was because I followed him everywhere, but I was reading something he wrote and it was about riots. And it was about how um, when riots happen in a specific town and things get destroyed or burnt down, you know, the businesses take like 10 to 15 years to rebuild and stuff. And I was like, well, that really, that's terrible, you know, and it's happening now. So when I was on Twitter, I saw this, um, post or article about a protest that had taken place on a bridge and people had actually sat down silent and they wouldn't move. They blocked all the traffic and they were like, had their signs and they got their point across. Right. And I was like, well, good for you. Kudos to you guys. You know, that's how you do it. You just get your point across, no violence, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I, I still don't, you know, I'm sorry, but I, I still don't believe violence is okay. I don't think that because you want to be heard that you should come and hit me over the head or burn my house down. Right. Not okay. So I'm sorry if I get burnt about this again. You can edit it out or whatever you want. No, to I, I'm not editing a thing. I, um, a, as a Jewish person, uh, I abhor violence. Violence you only resort to when it's when you have to defend well, yourself. When you have to defend yourself. So your um, I'm uh, so far. I'm with you, and even if I'm not with okay. you, I'm still with you, Maurice. I want to hear your story. Thank you. No, I mean, I, I. Well, the, 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 what I did wrong was I didn't realize that I was telling people how to protest. So that was my propos, right? And people were getting upset on, online. And I was like, I don't understand. So somebody said, well, you're telling people how to protest. How dare you? And I was like, oh, shit, I'm sorry. You know, like I did, didn't realize how it would be taken. I was just saying that violence isn't okay. I'm just going to take it down. So I took it down. But, you know, Twitter, 
just kept going. And the worst part of it was that I was not getting support from my staff in, in the um, agency. And my people... You want to say in your own... In my agency. In your own eponymous agency. Yeah. People who actually was not getting support in her own agency. Yeah. Yeah. And the support, it wasn't like, you know, you're a bad person or whatever. They were like, oh my God, Maris, what did she do? How could you do something so stupid? Now we're not, you know, people with minority, you know, minorities, what are they going to think you're a racist? They're not going to want to submit to the agency. And I was like, but you know, I'm not. What I said is not racist. It's just a stupid thing that I didn't realize how it was going to be taken. It's like, I took it down. I already apologized. What's the problem? It was not going away. So I said to them, you know what? It's okay. You can go and I'll, I'll stand by myself. I don't want anybody to get caught in the crossfires. I did this on an email because we were all in like in a group thing. And I was like, you, you're free to go if you want to go. And I can take this on my own. I don't want anybody else to be hurt by my stupidity. Right. So they all left. And then they published the message that I sent telling everybody that I fired the whole agency. Did, so, was it, did, did you fire the agency or not? No, that's what I told them. I said, you can go if you're not comfortable. Ah. You know, I'll that, I'll stand on my own. I don't want to, I don't want you to get caught in the so, crossfires. Well, and and they, <clears> took, they, they took their authors with them? Yeah. Yeah, I don't want their authors. Yeah. Yeah. And so you that, and you and what and you start with... happened. And you know, the majority of the people, I mean. Before this even happened, my two agents had already said, you know, I think I think I need to leave. And the rest of the people who actually left were apprentices and interns, interns that were already finishing their terms. So I didn't fire anyone. None of them were paid people. Today, today is the situation better? Like, uh, do people yeah. realize that you made a mistake and that you apologized and that you feel sorry about what happened? Yeah, yeah, I... I'm not sure how much people realized because there there wasn't much. I just, after everyone left and this whole thing sort of exploded, I was approached by um, Publishers Marketplace and they said, or Publishers Weekly or whatever the news thing, section of it is. And they were like, well, what happened? We want to know why you fired everyone. I was like, okay, so this is what happened. I wrote a whole thing. And they wrote back, they're like, well, we're not going to run an article, this no story here. I was like, well, thanks. <laughs> and I didn't really want to go out on my own and, you know, air out all the laundry and what, who said what and whatever. So I just sort of let it blow over. Um, the nice thing is that a lot of agents from other agencies and publishers actually reached out in, in private. And even author in my own clients were like, do you want me to go and say something? You want me to stick up for you? This is terrible. People are saying crazy things about you. And I was like, you know what? Don't get involved because it's just going to escalate. The more people that are involved, I don't want to hurt your reputation or whatever. So, um, so, so uh, after this happened, um, you, 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 what did you do? You closed the, this agency and opened another one. You started from scratch. What happened? No, nothing. I just kept my working with my clients and um, swore that I would never hire anybody again. <laughs> and but, I did it but. But I did it on my own for a couple of months and, you know, I still kept getting resumes from people and I had, I had met someone at um, one of my mindset workshops and she reached out and she said, hey, I want to come work with you. She's like, I've heard everything that happened. I don't care about that. And she was like, I, I know that you're not a bad person and I would love to work with you and help you and work with your authors. And I was like, okay. You know, well, why not? 
Um, and I also had taken on two interns because I was working with Monmouth University here in, in, um, in the New Jersey office. And I had already promised them that I would take interns for their one of their programs. So I took them on, kept them off Twitter and on like the website and stuff because I don't want them to get in trouble for working for me. Um, but they were really great and they got college credit and everything. So that really worked out. But after they left, I was like, oh my God, now I don't have anybody to help me with the query box. How am I going to keep up with all of this? And the queries kept coming in, you know, so it, it didn't really affect the business except for the reputation part. And once in a while, somebody comes up and, and asks, you know, like, like you just did. And it kind of, sometimes it takes me by surprise. And sometimes I'm like, okay, here we go. You know, I'll talk. Well, I, 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 I want to um, kind of clean the slate because uh, <laughs> amidst this criticism, I also heard lovely things about you. Um, and, um, you know, I was very like eager to make sense, <laughs> very eager to, to have you on the show. So um, uh, it, it was important to talk about it. And now let's, uh, put it behind us, um, the Prime Minister of Israel just uh, deeply regretted a stupid tweet that he made, um, and uh, we're in the middle of a war, so, you know, advice to everybody, advice to everybody is think a million times before you tweet uh, controversial stuff, I guess. I know, Twitter Twitter is is a difficult place, and I'll be honest with you, I think that's the biggest part of how I do business that actually changed. I don't really do social media as much anymore. So it just, it was, so, you know. Yeah, let, let, let's go back a little bit to uh, to your uh, to your life and how you, because, you know, one of the things I really wanted to ask him where he says, like, after this uh, blew up, you could have just said, okay, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll close the agency or whatever. I have so many other things to do. I'm a coach and I'm a consultant <laughs> and speaker um, and lawyer. I, I think I attorney. thought about it for like two seconds and I was like, well, I wouldn't do that to my clients, you know, because my clients were still with me, except I, I I think one of them who I had just signed was a children's um, author. Um, she she left. Um, she didn't tell me why, but I'm sure it was because of that. Um, but everybody else kind of stayed on and I wasn't going to desert them. You know? I'm, I'm I'm happy to hear that. So where did you fall in love with literature? Oh, you're going to judge me when I tell you. <laughs> Anne Rice. I, I, my, my, my job is not to judge. My job is to ask <laughs> you're just questions. The I fell in love with literature with Anne Rice, believe it or not. And, I, and yes, I had read all the school books and, you know, actual literary things. But I have to say that when I picked up an Anne Rice book, you know, Interview with a Vampire, um, it, it was kind of a funny story because I had a friend who was super obsessed with the vampire books. And one day she was really upset and she was like, I, I let Nancy borrow my, oh shoot, I not, maybe she edited that one too. I let so-and-so borrow my book. She never gave it back. And now I don't have the first book in the collection, blah, blah, blah. And so her birthday was coming up. So I went out and bought her the book. So that night I was going to see her the next morning. So I, I went to wrap the book to like give it to her as a gift. And I was like, let me see one of the fusses about what the hell is she, you know, she's crazy about the stupid. I mean, I, I always, I always love vampires. I used to stay up until like, I used to sneak up and like watch the Nosferatu's on like TV and like the black and white things when my parents didn't know I was watching in the middle of the night by myself. Very weird. Anyway, so I started reading Interview with a Vampire and all of a sudden I just, I was on my floor cross-legged and next thing I know I'm on my bed, just halfway through the book. And like, I just kept going until morning and just read it, read it. And the morning I gave it to her, I, I told her, I, 
I was like, well, I, I'm giving you the book. And she's like, you want to borrow it to read? I was like, I read it last night. It's awesome. <laughs> I'm going to go get less that. Um, so that's how it started. And then after that, I just, I read all of those books and I started reading more books. And that's when I actually started actively reading. How, 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 old, were you? how old were you? Like 18, maybe. I mean, a little older, like, you know, but I mean, I read all my school stuff. Um, so it wasn't like I had never read a book before. And I, I had a, a read other, other like science fiction books like uh, Pierce Anthony um, and Robert Jordan, and, like the Wheel of Time books, like way back when. So I, I liked them, but I never like got hooked. Like, I'm just going to keep reading. And that's that's when it just every week, every so often I would go pick up another book you know, finish one, go pick up another one. Now I just keep ordering them <laughs> and read them when I can. But, you know, it, things are a little different now. What 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 kind of family did you grow up in? <clears throat> in what way? In every way, like as a, li a little crazy. kid. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. <laughs> no, but I, I, I'll tell you why. Because um, um, you're you're an achiever. In, in relation to literature, you mean, or oh, no? Okay. In, in in relation to Marisa, this program is also about you. Um, you're a real achiever. You know, you got to do this and then this and then this and get this degree and that degree and the other degree. Uh, and and um, it, where does this stem from? I don't know. Maybe CDD. I don't know. Um, it's. You know, I believe in the mental, the mental growth, uh, personal growth, you know, growth mindset, you know, it's setting goals, achieving them, coming up with the next one. I feel like getting stagnant is not very satisfying, you know, doing the same thing repetitively. Did, did, did your family encourage you to be a, an overachiever? Yes and no. My, my like I said, my my parents were crazy and maybe a little bit of Argentine hippies. So I grew up in Argentina. My my parents are both Italian immigrants to Argentina. They had ah, uh, yeah, and then I, I didn't think, know. I didn't know that. Yeah, so, yeah. So hablas español también. Hablo español, hablo italiano y inglés. Wow. Oh, great. Okay. Yeah. Um. So my dad. My dad had a long, um, I don't know how to describe it without sounding weird. Well, he tried a lot of things and didn't get to finish for different reasons. So <clears throat> my father was a tailor by, is a trailer by trade. So he fixed his suit. He's really good. Um, but he, at one point decided to go to med school and he had a little bit of time left to graduate. And this is when Argentina was going through a lot of, political, economic turmoils, people were getting kidnapped and disappearing and all of those things. So he he had a dropout. He felt like he had a dropout and he already had my sister, my older sister. And he was like, I think I'm just gonna, I'm gonna work and I'm gonna go back to school later on. So a couple of years later, um, he decided to go to law school. <laughs> he did two years and I think, I'm not sure if law school in Argentina is three years like it is here, but <clears throat> he didn't finish that either. 
So he went back and re- went back to his old reliable, kept being a tailor, made good money, put us th- through school, you know, immigrated here. And people valued his work. Um, so it worked out for him, you know, not just because he was talented, but he was also very hardworking. Um, so, so, so how old were you when you came to America? 11. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I was 11. So, <clears throat> and so maybe that was part of my drive to go to law school. Um, you know, he always told me, it's like, you don't have to go to law school just because I didn't finish. You don't have to finish what I started. But I think it came, <clears throat> it was funny because my cousins, when we, we used to play, we, they used to, we used to get in trouble. And for some reason, this one, Marcelo, used to always get in trouble. And I would stick up for him. And my godfather, his dad was like, what are you, the public defender? And I'm like, what's a public defender? And so then I, that's when I was like, maybe I'll become a lawyer, you know, to, you know, stick up for people and, you know, whatever. Um, so I think that's where like it was rooted initially. <clears throat> then um, I don't know. In in I think in high school I decided that I really like business. So I was like, well, you know, maybe I'll be the CEO of Coca Cola, but I'm going to get a law degree anyway. So then I went to Hofstra University in Long Island and I studied business with um, uh, international business and marketing with a minor in finance and languages because I placed out of Italian and Spanish. Um, so I decided, you know, I just wanted to do the business background and then I applied to law school. I went to law school and all of those things. And I ended up doing mergers and acquisitions, um, after law school. Well, actually first I did trust and estates for a year or so until I ended up at the big law firm and I did mergers and acquisitions. Okay. My, my, my daughter does M&A here in Israel. Oh, so nice. I'm, Fantastic. I'm, uh, I'm familiar with that. Yeah. Yeah. It's super fun. Lots of hours. But, but Okay. So you, you were a lawyer, you <laughs> had a, 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 several law degrees, a, a doctorist, j- jurist, or wherever it's called. Jurist, doctorate. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And you showed everybody. <clears throat> and yeah, so, yeah. so, so, so. My dad's proud. <laughs> my no, dad's proud. I, he still has no idea what I do about the books. He's like, oh, my daughter's a lawyer, but she also likes books. <laughs> he has no idea what I do. <laughs> it's so no, funny. I, I, you're a daddy's girl, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So he should be well. He should be very proud of you. Thank um, you. Yeah. Thank you. And um, and and so, I, but I, I, the, 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 the piece <clears throat> in the jigsaw puzzle that I'm missing, Marisa, is oh. okay. You know, M and A, and you have all this stuff going on as a lawyer. And then one Wednesday afternoon, you say, "Oh, time to do something Wednesday else." The afternoon or evening, I was sitting by myself in a conference room, thinking about a crazy dream that I had, and I started writing a book. I don't even know. I think I just said, maybe I should write this down because I'm going to remember this dream. And it turned out into a book. But the dream was, I haven't, I, I've only recently really shared what the dream was about. It was, it was in space. It was, and I was surrounded by people who were trying to protect me. And there was like different race of aliens. It was like this crazy, amazing thing. And the feelings that I got from it were like, oh my God, I got to write this down. But when I started writing it down, I couldn't translate the feelings that I had in the dream. And I ended up changing the storyline. I ended up writing a time travel heavy science fiction book. <laughs> and then I changed it to a romance book because my characters were so cool that I had to hook them up. So that book, needless to say, changed so many times. I've probably rewritten in my head five times, um, has not been published. So maybe one day I'll just go back and, and write it the right way. So that's how it all started. So, well, I, I, No, but I mean, something's missing here because to be mm-hmm. a literary agent, you have to know editors, you have to understand the publishing business. There's some, there's some gap here that the, that you're yeah, not feeling. So I mean, after, I, I, yeah, I, 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 I've been writing for 40 years. I'm not going to become an agent because I don't know the business. 
Yeah, it kind of happened for me. I think I was meant to help other authors. I think it was my path. Um, so what happened was after I finished writing my first draft of this book, which was probably terrible, um, I I kind of said to myself, you know, what do I do now? You know, like, I, how do I publish this? Who do I go to? So I started doing research and people were like, oh, you should go to writers conferences. And I was like, oh, that sounds like fun. You know, people who write books. Hello. So I started going to conferences and I made some friends and I made some contacts and we started doing like critique, be, becoming critique partners. And I met some publishers, um, some editors at different houses that were taking pitches or whatever. Um, so one day um, at this point, I had already quit um, my law firm and I had twin boys. So I started my own law practice. So I was sort of at home and starting to grow my law practice and I was writing. So I was trying to like juggle everything. And this friend, uh, one of my critique partners was like, listen, I'm having a hell of a time finding an agent. How, how do I do this? He's like, can I possibly just let you, he's like, you met that person at what a conference, you know, at that publishing house. Maybe we could send them the book and tell them that you represent me. And I was like, well, if I'm your lawyer, I represent you. I was like, give me a dollar. <laughs> so like, you know, um, so we got him a publishing deal. Um, as his attorney, not as his agent. And I was like, oh, this is actually kind of fun. You know, like who else can I help? And he was like, well, I'm going to send you my friend so-and-so. So friend so-and-so came along and I hooked her up with someone. I didn't actually broker that deal, but I found the right editor for her to contact. Um, and then they actually looked at the work because I had sent them and then they're like, well, you need an agent. So she went and found an agent, somebody else that was actually an agent. Anyway. So this is how it started. And then one day I met Laurie Perkins, who is this amazing woman in New York City um, who had been agenting for about 22 years at the time. I never remember exactly how long she was agenting up to that point when we met. I think it was around 22 years. And she said, listen, if you want to be an agent, you come work at my agency six months. I'll teach you everything you need to know about contracts, publishing, editing, like all that stuff. And then you can do it right and I was like, well, okay, I, I think I, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it right. I'm not going to half-ass it, right? So I went with Lori, and I ended up staying at her um, agency for two years. So um, learned a lot, met a lot of people. And after a while, I said, um, I think I'm ready. I think I'm going to start my own agency. She's like, well, I'm surprised you stayed here that long. <laughs> like she knew it was happening, but she was just letting me do my thing, you know? So it was really kind. Um, so that's how I started my agency. Yeah. Wonderful. So yeah. now that we now that we have a good feeling for Marisa and what I makes filled in the fit, gaps, <laughs> abs, abs, incredibly, incredibly. Um, so what what are you looking for? This is your your stage to tell us what you're looking for. I am looking for many different things, actually. But let's just talk about books. <laughs> Um, even in books, I'm looking for a lot of things. Um, I do have a lot of interest and I have a really wide scope of categories that I look at and genres. So primarily these days, I'm really enjoying the science fiction and fantasy, um, especially for young adults. Um, kind of there, there are things that I still love that are kind of the market's a little bit saturated, like, you know, young adult um, fantasy with phase. It's, it's really hard to place those these days because there's so many good ones. <clears throat> I'm totally losing my voice. Sorry. You're doing great. Um, thank you. No, it's like, it's going. <clears throat> I actually had a cold during the weekend. and um, uh, was... you know, we, we, we can make a deal. Uh, you yeah. be my agent and I'll be your voice coach. <laughs> there you go. Oh, can you teach me how to sing too? Of course. 
<laughs> of course. Um, so um, I lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. Ah, we were talking about, uh, I've lost my train of thought because I'm thinking about what song I should sing for you. When, when, when the Don't show, get me started singing because nobody when the will show, When the show anymore. is over. You were talking about young, you were talking about young adults. And oh, we're talking about what I want. Sorry. Yes. My goodness. See, I haven't finished my coffee yet. Um, so young adults love young adults, contemporary young adult, fantasy, adventure, um, anything issue driven to help kids learn different voices, all of those things, please send them in. Um, for adults, I'm looking for psychological thrillers, um, historical um, romance, um, even period romances. They don't necessarily have to be like Victorian. If it's like in the 40s or 20s, we're really into those and retellings are still popular. Um, yeah, so romance is a little bit trickier these days like we're talking about self-publishing a lot of people are self-publishing really well so publishers are a little bit more skeptical about signing those books on because it's hard to compete with the pricing and what the self-published authors are doing um the advances aren't that great and um sometimes it's not worth it for the authors in all honesty they can make more money self-published and um, i keep saying all these things that i'm getting i'm going to get in so much trouble with everything i'm saying here but it's just how it is you know i tell people you know and most of the romance or women's fiction authors that i represent are hybrid and i think that they do better than most people because they're hybrid it's like they take the best of both worlds and kind of merge them together um and publish successfully so um that's that's something to consider okay says. what about um look behind me marisa what about you yeah <laughs> Yeah, so um, so we did. We said YA, so middle grade um, chapter books and picture books. Also, um, I kind of said a little bit about what what I like about picture books. You know, I do like the rhymes, even though they're harder to sell. Wouldn't turn it down just because it's rhyming. Um, good messages, quirky things, funny things, lighthearted things, um, things to lift up the kids, um, spiritual mindset things. I love for kids. Um, somebody recently sent in a yoga book, which we're taking a look at. Um, so, so that's exciting. You know, anything to make kids better and happier is what we're looking for. Um, but also, you know, I, I mentioned pulling at the heartstrings before, like a book that's going to make mom get emotional, you know, like the, they'll remember timelessly. I still, my kids still remember the, I love you forever book. And they're like, mom, uh, cry every uh, time you read that book. It was so ridiculous. <laughs> what? Like, Ro Ro Robert Munch? Yeah, yes, I, I, the, uh, it, it's a great book. It's, it's beautiful. It's just, it's a little sad. I love you forever. Oh, I like you for always. <laughs> as long as Adini, my baby, you'll be here. You see, I found oh. what to sing you. Very nice. Very nice. Okay. I was going to try to step in, but I was like, I'm losing my voice. I probably shouldn't. <laughs> but I, 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 as a Canadian, I'm a, big fan of Robert Munch. I would be a big fan of Robert Munch anyway. Um, yeah, for sure. It's, you know, it takes a special person. To so, so, so uh, something Munchian and something that's yeah. with um, something that's with rhyme that's done really well. Heartstring. Yeah. And I, I saw on your website, you also mentioned steam books. STEM. Yeah. Oh, steam. Yeah. Cause the art part is important too. Um, any, you know, like I said, anything to teach kids things without being super didactic. So if they're fun, you know, if, and it's also very important in probably all of the things that I mentioned that the books have really good characters. 
You know, we want character driven so the kids can really connect with the character and follow the journey. It's also really good for merchandising. So publishers like that. Yeah. Wonderful. Any other advice for, um, for people who want to be the one in a thousand? Don't give up, you know, keep writing, keep honing your craft, meet people, make connections, um, and just keep at it. Keep trying. Don't let anybody tell you that you can't do it. Don't let anybody tell you that it's too hard because I always say, if you keep moving forward, even if you have to take, if you take a break or take a few steps back, if you keep going, eventually you get there. So just keep trying. Don't give up. And if it's your dream, you'll, you'll make it happen. Just stay positive. Wow. Wonderful. Anything I haven't asked you? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Oh, there's probably a lot more, but um, yeah, I think um, I think publishing has, you know, publishing is constantly changing. Like it, it's one of those very fluid industries that you really need to keep your finger on the pulse of, um, you know, it's important for authors to know that, you know, what's hot now isn't necessarily what they should be writing. They should be thinking about the next thing, or just write the book that's in your heart because that's what's going to show. It always comes through in the page. Um, so, you know, there are cycles. If you write something that's timely now and you miss the boat, shelve it, write something else and, you know, try again later. And because it will come back around, it's like bell bottoms. <laughs> you know, it's like, no, but, but, but you're also looking for books that have an eternal message that they're not you know, swayed by. Yeah, I love those. And they're not easy to find. You know, we we do get a, a lot of uh, book submissions and, and we look at them like, this is really cute, but you know, the, the, just can't put your finger on it. And, and they are hard to sell because everybody thinks, you know, picture books are short. We all think we, we can write them, but they're, they're not easy to write. They're not. They're a bit, they're a bitch. Say it. <laughs> I said it. <laughs> it, yeah it, yeah they're it, not easy i mean i admire people who write a good picture book it's like wow you have a beautiful mind it's just you know and and those are when i get that feeling from a book that i'm reading in my in my slush pile or you know even at a conference you know i actually i was just at a conference in maryland and this woman just came and she said she's like i just wrote these for my grandkids and i want to know if they're any good she's like i'm not actually pitching them so she pulls out this binder and she's got this um, pages put in like this plastic inserts with like these beautiful illustrations that she did herself. And she starts flipping the pages and I'm sitting there with my apprentice cat at Ross and we looked at each other and they were so good. And we were like, Oh my God, are you kidding me? And it was like, and then we started reading them and I'm going, these are, these are good. You know, like I'm trying to like dry my tear because it was just that good. So we're most likely going to sign her. So she's sending. Wonderful. Something um so yeah it just when we read them we know you know it's it's hard to I, I wish I could give people like the secret formula to to writing a picture book but I think I think the secret is just writing something from the heart you know wonderful advice so uh Marisa Corvisiero yes. uh it's been wonderful having you on the show uh, I'm going to ask you to um, leave and come back so we can have like a few minutes without all the public watching oh, <laughs> sorry guys it's going to be a yeah <laughs> so but, but but you but you are open for queries and you I, are open yes. you are open to help authors taking we into love we love helping authors okay, and take, taking yeah. into consideration that this will, this will not give you right, right. Leg, so leg up on, 
Right. So if they go to our website, CorvusDeroAgency.com, they'll see um, we have a tab for representation and my all of my staff is there. I think we're 14 or so people now. Um, and we, I, I think God has blessed me because I've found the best people that I've ever worked with. Um, we're a very close-knit team and we, we, we use this app called Slack and I'm not endorsing Slack. I don't get royalties for this, but we love it. Like we literally were on there every day. And like, I, I even have like office hours so that they could just come in and, um, but we talk all day long, we help each other. And we even have this thing that we do. And actually Tessa Schaefer, uh, my right-hand person came up with this uh, one day. She's like, you know what, on Fridays, we're just going to say thank you to whoever on the team helped us this week. So every Friday around four o'clock, thank you to so-and-so for blah, blah, blah. You're amazing. Like, it's like a love fest. And it's just such a good feeling, like to have people who have not just the talent and the skills and everything to help authors and are like-minded, like I am and, and like Tessa, like we, we're here to help people, but they're just so fun. They're fun to work with and they're loving open people and they're constantly helping each other and collaborating. Um, so anyone on that list is someone that they can submit to unless they're just interns who are not taking um, queries. Um, but we do have their wish list on there. So if somebody sees something that the intern likes, they could actually mention that and send it in. Um, because if they're interested in, in signing it, we might actually sign it on with the intern and help them, you know, teach them um, work through, through the process because we're very much a teaching agency. Um, so yeah, we all have submission guidelines. We use the query box. There's a button on there. Um, it's all on the website. And on the website, there's also another tab for entrepreneur services, which is where, you know, completely separate. And we have the disclosure there saying, this does not mean you will get representation or it's not a back way in. Um, for paid services, you can get, you know, your manuscript edited, you can have a consultation, we'll help you with your query, whatever you need help with. Um, we're here to help. Wonderful. Yeah. Thank you. Marisa, it's been wonderful. Thank you, sir. I so in closing, yes. I want to thank Marisa Corvisiero uh, for this wonderful and very frank and, 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 um, and illuminating discussion. Uh, I'm Mel Rosenberg talking to you from war-torn Israel. And um, we haven't had any sirens, so that's uh, not a bad thing. And um, the kidlet is keeping me going these days. So uh, thank you for joining me. Um, and I am the host of the Children's Literature Channel of the New Books Network, and very lucky to be. And Marisa, thanks. So uh, we're going to say goodbye to everybody. Say goodbye, Marisa. Hi, everyone. Thank you so and, much. Uh, we're going to leave and come back to the same link. You got it. Thank you. And Thank you, you guys are not going to know what we're talking about. <laughs> God it's bless. It's been great. Thank, Thank you for doing you. what you do. You too, dear. Bye-bye.